This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar. The freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello, welcome back to Swan's Cast, everyone, on uh, what should be a game day, but unfortunately... Thanks to the lovely weather we've had down in this uh, part of the world. Um, it's no game day. Uh, Lee, thanks for joining me again. Welcome back. You were here last time. I know. It seems like it's been ages now. I can't remember the last time I was on. Well, I was thinking it was only the one before. Or maybe it wasn't. I'm lying. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. No, me either. We're so inconsistent with the days of recording anyway that it's, uh, yeah. Um, how, how was your week in, in the stormy weather of Wales? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it was all right. I, to be honest, when they said it was going to come in on the Friday, it was it didn't really happen. Like they said, nobody come into work and work from home and everything. But then it seemed to get worse then over the weekend. Really, it was really it was quite bad down here on Friday. Oh, we had definitely bad wind. Like the lorries and stuff were turning over on the M4. Yeah, we had we had it quite mild on Friday, but then I think Sunday night, sun all of Sunday was awful. Yeah, we had it bad Sunday. Um, Data today, Tuesday, yeah, Sunday, or maybe even yesterday morning was quite rough. Um, but I still think, yeah, Friday, like the garage door, which is a spare garage door out the back garden, fell on the car. <laughs> so that oh, was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was up against the wall, being there, like waiting to be used for, I don't even know how long, it's not mine, but um, you know, drive and it, yeah, got pushed over, fell on a car. I went out to lift it up. To move my car, so I went out there, lifted it up. I was like, Oh no, I've got the keys. Ran back in to get the keys, and it fell on there again. Oh, God. So I had to lift it back up again, try and get in the car quick enough to drive off before it fell down a third time, which I did manage to do, luckily. So, yeah, <laughs> that was frustrating. But, um, oh, no, no, nothing as exciting as that. There was a few trees that fell around, but nowhere near where we live, thank God. Yeah. The rain and stuff was worth worse on Sunday, definitely. But um, yeah. I don't know what damage has been done to the stadium then to call the game off. I know they haven't 
there's no like pictures or anything. Like I mean, we saw pictures of the O2, didn't we? It was absolutely destroyed, but we yeah, haven't seen any pictures. Of I just find it weird because I wouldn't have thought it would be like I wouldn't have thought the stadium would be that bad from wind damage because it's quite a modern stadium and it like the structures basically concrete and metal. Um, I know yeah, Bournemouth I... had their previous game cancelled, but they have a temporary stand, like oh, okay. a, a temporary stand, and that was by by all accounts the one that had the issues. Um, because I, I was hasn't even got like you know corners that are open, and it's got a little bit of a lid, doesn't it? So yeah, a bit weird. Yeah, um, I don't know. Unless the only thing I can think of, unless it's outside the ground, where it's like maybe, maybe something to do with safety, but um, probably for the best anyway. Then they called it off. Yeah, and they did call it off in advance, didn't they? It wasn't like it was the morning of the game or anything. It was um, a bit of notice, which is good for the travelling fans, because it's quite far. Mm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise then, uh, we get back back to the good stuff. So, um, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We have been slowly growing recently, but we're trying to hit 500 subscribers, and we did say we will do a giveaway when we get there. Probably get a Swans top. We'll see when we get there, if it's this season's or... Perhaps it'll be next season's by the time. Um, but yeah, don't forget, please hit that subscribe button. It helps us grow. And also click the like button if you enjoy what we're doing. Um, again, that helps more people see what we are doing and informs us you are enjoying the content that we're making so we can try and continue to do so and put more out there. And let us know in the comments as well what you think about what we are saying, if you agree, what your opinions are, um, how you think Russell Martin's doing at the moment. Perhaps that's a good one to to put in there and if you're listening on spotify maybe tell us on twitter instead or facebook or instagram they're the main uh, social medias we use as well well on tiktok so you can you can check us a follow on tiktok as well um but yeah one game to talk about this time obviously was joined by ollie last time that we discussed a few games um made a little bit of a <clears throat> meme for our thumbnail actually for the last video which couldn't be more relevant i think where just talking about the Swansea City roller coaster at the moment of the results being up and down, um, a really good win, then a bad loss. So you got the Blackburn game, the Stoke game, another good win against Bristol, and now we're on to we're back onto the down part of the roller coaster. Um, go up to Sheffield United, a team full of ex Swans players, and the curse finally comes back after a few games where it looked like maybe it had ended. Came back with a vengeance as uh, Morgan Gibbs White basically puts in a man of the match performance to run out 4 0 winners for his new team, Sheffield United. So, Lee, obviously, you know, as I say all the time, didn't manage to watch this one live, um, work and all that. Perhaps for the best, by the sounds of it. So, I've seen bits and bobs, you had bits and bobs, but uh, you are my. Uh, <laughs> pundit if you like on the on the ground well not on the ground but from the from the streams so uh yeah what did you make of the match i think i say this now after every away game i think it was the worst game of the season and we just seem to be able to top it at the moment I how many stoke worst games of the bad. season are there oh i think like well what we what were we thinking stoke was pretty bad that was definitely the worst up to that point but then saturday was just a cut above that again so is west brom going to be the worst game of the season well, we tend to raise our game a bit better for like when we're really down. Okay, um, so you, here we go. So we lost 2-0 to Hull, 3-0 to Stoke. Oh, uh, Hull was bad as well. 
four nil to Sheffield. The next one going to be five. That might be a poll. What's the worst game of the season this year? Forest yeah. at home was bad. Worst Red game or home worst away game? Well, Stoke well, at worst... home was bad as well. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, we're just worst performance of the season. No, I, I, I think Sheffield United's got to be up there from Saturday. It was horrific. Yeah. So yeah, go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. Anyway, what was you saying? I know, I know. I just seems to be, uh, just seems to be getting worse. Like the, I, I like I said too. I was finally managed to get a bit of uh, break away from uh, from work and revision and stuff. And I sat down lovely on a Saturday. I had the game ready. The storm was on. I wasn't going anywhere. Nice cup of tea, biscuits ready to go to watch the game. And we were two 0 down after eighteen minutes or whatever it was. And it was just carnage. We were never in the game. And it, it definitely could have been more. Four 0 was flattering. And it's not even a joke. Like you say that a lot of time in in anger, and you think like, "Oh, we lost four 0 It could have been, it could have been ten, but genuinely, it could have been six or seven nil, easy, and it would have been deserved. And that's that's yeah. yeah Take from that way, will. There is a positive. Ollie McBurney didn't score. Oh, great! <laughs> I tell nah. you who did score, as I already mentioned, though. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White scored two. Probably could have gone for like four. Um, on his own, and he did celebrate, but I guess you can't really hold that against him. He only played for six, seven games for us last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one that got away, maybe. He hasn't really got loyalties to us, has he? Nah. Um. So yeah, the game started off with. Well, didn't really start off for the Swans. Perhaps you could say um, we were one 0 down by the 14th minute, two 0 down by the. 17th minute, 3-0 down by the 38th minute. So um the first goal, Morgan Gibbs White opening the scoring. How did you make of that? Just same as usual, really. Back three all over the place. And um, we looked at the highlights before the game, didn't we? And before each goal, we could just the back three were in different positions all the time. They're just all over the place. Same with the wing backs. I I just don't know. I I just I just don't get the I just don't get the approach anymore no. in terms of the defensive setup. I just, I don't understand it. Like I can understand when we looked at it before, we thought it made sense when you had a wing back and then you had Manning on the inside because if the wing back goes forward, Manning sort of drops into a left back position. That kind of makes sense. And then on the other side, if Christie bombs on, I know like Burns is young. Um, I'm getting you know I'm guessing he's not a right back. And then, obviously, with injury to Norton, we've got Cabango in the middle of the three. It's just, I, I don't know what to say, but I like, I like Cabango as a player. But in that position, I just, like, I don't know. I mean, you'd expect him to be better defensively in the middle because that's, that's what he used to be playing, but he seems to have got worse. Yeah, but he's isolated all the time. So it's not really well, this like is it, yeah. his fault, yeah, I right. think. No, you are, you are right, to be fair, because we looked at it and, you know, like Manning had gone on into like a midfield position. Burns, Burns, Downs, and Grimes are all together in the centre of the park, and Cabango's on the back on his own um, most of the time. But I just, I like I said, I just don't get the approach anymore. Like it seemed to be a bit of consistency when we had our purple patch, like around the Cardiff game, and then we beat West Brom at home, and we seemed to be quite solid. And um, we seemed to have a consistent back three, and it seemed, you know, we were we were keeping clean sheets in some games. Um, and then, yeah, l- lately it just seems to be all over the shop again. 
and we've seen it in some games like the Forest game when we conceded four red and we conceded three you know Stoke away the other week we conceded three and four again on Saturday yeah um, yeah I could go on for days about it I, just, I don't know what to say about it anymore because I have absolutely no idea I have a what they're trying to do at the back of why we are starting to concede more because go I think it. maybe the early days when we were getting quite a few clean sheets we play in this way where we keep the ball, so teams were like, oh, "Okay, we'll let them have the ball. We'll sit back, and they won't be able to score, and then we'll get them on the break." Whereas I think the last couple of weeks, especially, teams have realised how vulnerable we are at the back, and now they're like, "Ah, oh, they can have the ball if if they got it, but we're just going to press them hard, make them make mistakes, and when we have got the ball, we're just going to come at them anyway because they can't defend." Yeah, so we've been found out really, and um. Yeah, the goals are definitely increasing. It's uh, but it's, it's the manner it's the manner of the goals as well. Like if you know, we've said it before, if a team, you know, comes down and picks you apart and you think that's a great goal, but we are conceding the most horrendous goals. We are yeah. just it's just all over the place. <clears throat> However, well I will say the second goal maybe wasn't defended very well, but he absolutely pinged that into the top other goal. It was a great finish at the end. George Baldock. the whole build up. To it. it was it was just terrible. If you watch the pressing, yeah, we're just walking. Yeah, yeah. I know the defending wasn't good enough there, but um, fair play on the finish as well. Oh, it was a great say. finish. It just great pinned finish. It into the top of the net. Um, the first goal, though, I think maybe Fisher could have done a bit better with it, with that. Again, yeah, that was it. Was a ball over the top again? Or... But again, yeah. like at that, at that point, when you watch when you watch that ball, someone in midfield, I can't remember who it was, plays the ball over the top, and I think like. Latabodia is in as like one of the back three at that point. Him and Cabango are next to each other, <clears> and the ball sort of goes over Latabodia in the space behind. Yeah, and gives and Gibbs in. It's just one ball over the top. But yeah, okay. So I'm glad you picked up on that because I made a couple of notes from watching them highlights. And <laughs> the first thing I've wrote down is Lati positioning bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a couple of instances, I think, and he just in that left row. He just doesn't know where he needs to be. And to be fair, I don't really know where he needs to be either. So it's harsh to criticise him con- consistently. But he's not a left-back. He's not a left-wing-back. He really, really is not that player, that, that sort of player. Um, you know, Being a centre-back is a certain role, isn't it? And in a, in a conventional system where you're stopping the other team from scoring. The wing-backs that we are using, we're asking a lot more of them players, whether that's getting up and down the pitch a lot more. Uh, being more mobile, being better on the ball, being able to cross the ball and attack, he needs to be doing a lot more than he used to be able to uh, need to do as a centre back, and he can't do all those things, and he's not quick enough to be up on the halfway line, and then stop a run in behind from a ball over the top. Yeah, he's just not able I to agree. do it. But why? But why does he persist persist in playing him as a wing back? So I think. Do we not have? A wing, a, like a left back or a winger, in the under twenty threes in our entire setup, we haven't got yeah, anybody. Yeah, we got Lincoln McFadden, haven't we? But play him. Like, why not give him a game? It doesn't even need to do that. Just put Man in on the left and put Latibodia in the set in the back three, and maybe just say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We're gonna have to just adjust slightly the way we come up from the back because, yeah, Man in in the back three normally pushes up into midfield a little bit, but because Latibodia is there, we'll be a little bit more. Conservative, and do you know what? We're playing away from home against one of the informed teams in the league, so maybe that won't actually be such a bad idea anyway. Yeah, 
But obviously I mean, they, they don't, and they just it's the same way every game, regardless of the opposition, which to an extent, fair play, that's brave, but it's again to the point where brave is stupid. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. I think um, um yeah, I don't know if we will if you want to go on about the rest of the game first and then yeah, we'll give a general review. And, yeah. yeah. So um and I'm not marking out to anything, and we'll talk about that later, but obviously he keeps referring to in his interviews, which we'll go on to again more later, about younger the players now, which we've been saying for ages that he hasn't, but now he's saying that he hasn't, so obviously feels under pressure, but like, if you haven't, can you not make an adaption of your style that fits the current players, and then when you have the next summer, tweak it more to what you want, like gradually, when you get more of the players that can do it, Maybe, yeah. But yeah, um, third goal. Speaking about about Ryan Manning, I've uh, been on his case a little bit in the podcast lately, saying I think he's been having a good season. Definitely, the first half of the season, it's been one of the positives. But I don't know whether he's getting a bit complacent. But I feel like he's been a bit poor lately, uh, the last month or so. Um, his passing has been very. Uh, lazy, I think, on times, inaccurate, um, uncomposed, making a lot of mistakes, giving a lot of ball away. And lo and behold, it was only a matter of time before he did such a thing. And this literally resulted directly in a goal. Uh, so I think it was ball over the top again, which he kind of challenges for, but misses it or just leaves it bounce. He's then basically in possession of the ball or has... He's getting to the ball first at this point. He's bounced quite high. So he goes to head the ball down to, I think, his Flynn Downs in the midfield position. The problem is he's got two Sheffield United players on him in between him and Flynn Downs. So he kind of cushions the ball down with his head and he just lays it off to one of these two uh, Sheffield United players who's running through. And then because they're running at him with momentum, by the time he's able to react, they're already like, he's never getting back, basically. And that's directly how the uh, next goal is scored. So very poor, I thought, from him. If you're in doubt at that point, just put it out in here or let it go out. I think it could have bounced out and it would have been our throw-in. Um, or just, I don't know, who fits somewhere. Try and kick it off the player, something. But what he did was just very poor, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I was just, yeah, again, the manner of the goals we're conceding. So poor. Mistake from him. Um, and then they're straight in at the back, uh, whatever it is, three, four, eight, one, whatever it is they are at the time when they're running at us. Um, but no, you have said for a while, and I think you're right. Um, maybe since Bidwell has gone, um, he's become a bit complacent because he's basically guaranteed to start, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's got this new kid who's injured, isn't he? So he hasn't you know, put any pressure on him, but perhaps thinks like, oh, well, he's young and upcoming, so it's is it going to be a challenge? Like, and he's not even playing left back, so it's not even as if this new guy who is a left wing back is challenging him. Yeah. Now, I don't think, and and if you're saying about competition, there is no competition for his role because we can't because he is a little bit better on the ball than the rest of the centre backs, so he will start all the games because of the way we want to play. You know, you're not going to put Ryan Bennett in there; he's getting enough stick anyway. Cabango, like we said, is struggling anyway when, when Norton's not there. Norton's obviously going to come back in, but you'd imagine his Burns is going to drop out. And then 
I just can't see how Lati don't get centre back, so he basically isn't one anymore. Uh, at least not here. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, so I guess yeah, complacency perhaps has uh, has crept in a little bit there. Yeah. I think anyway. So hopefully he can knock that on the head. But um, because he does still do some good things in a match. It's just the little details. And we suffered. And I mean, it probably didn't change the result on this instance, but it could on one game. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, he's not the only player guilty of doing such a thing, but it's just something I've picked up on quite regular from him. And the fact that it keeps happening is like, well, is that not getting picked up on and, and rectified and questioned? Are they not being asked to make better decisions in those situations? I don't know. Just... um yeah, no, I think you're right. There's not much more to add, really, on that. It's just that's how, that's how bad it's been. But I think yeah, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Yeah, just looking at the passing accuracy. So, actually, this is quite uh, this is quite shocking to be honest. But um, we we obviously didn't play much on the right hand side. I'm comparing him to Cyrus Christie. Here. So Christie's got 88% accuracy, and and Manning's got 78%. So. But Christie only attempted twenty-five passes, whereas Manning attempted eighty-seven. So that's very off. And maybe Manning's coming into midfield. Yeah, um, I guess yeah. Manning's centre back, though, isn't he? So not not quite on the left. So maybe Christie's an unfair comparison when he spent half the game on the halfway line. Yeah, let's have a look at Burns instead. But Burns had a ninety-five percent passing accuracy. So fair play. Yeah. Well, I guess. That's his game, really. I guess if he's come from Man City, that's what he's, uh, that's what he's good at. But yeah, we just didn't, we just didn't really have possession of the ball on Saturday. That was one thing I noticed. Like, we never really looked comfortable in possession either, yeah. which is usually something that, even when we're playing away from home, if there's a tide coming, obviously you expect a bit of pressure away from home. But even then, we just, we just couldn't seem to get our foot on the ball. They, they, they pressed hard, like you mentioned, but we just couldn't. We just couldn't seem to stop it. I mean, usually we can stem the tide by just keeping the ball, yeah. you know, for a few minutes. But that just didn't seem to happen on Saturday either. Kabango had eighty-three percent, so even he had a higher passing accuracy than Manning. And Manning's supposed to be the one who can play out from the back. That's why he's there, not on the left. So yeah. Just, uh, I think that's an interesting point. So I think he needs to screw his head back on a little bit. Um, Anyway, that's enough of uh, knocking Ryan Manning. <laughs> no, but I think fourth... it's fair because we've—I we'll, will say—we've given we've given these players enough credit. Like they're not, you know, nobody's beyond criticism. And if you, you know, if you say someone had a bad game or they've been poor lately, it's not saying, you know, you hate them and they're a bad player and they need to leave and all this. And the same goes for the manager. But yeah. that gets lost, doesn't it? Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact that we talked about three 0 now and Gibbs White. Could have scored or at least assisted and scored two within this time. Where there's one where um I can't remember exactly how it happens again, but they break over the top or something. I think it's Billy Sharp. Runs to the byline, uh, puts a cross in, and Gibbs White misses basically an open goal by heading the ball into the floor and uh it goes wide. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you should have yeah. should have buried that. I know where the build up was. It was um in Cham losing it in midfield. Oh yeah, and then being, they a a, goal. being a bit of a fairy in the in midfield and just getting pushed off the ball. Yep. 
You could talk about him later. Yeah, I don't know if you want. Yeah, we'll we'll come we'll come. No, you can talk about him now if you want. Well, no, I like I I said the last time I was on, it might have been two weeks ago. I was sort of starting to think that I might be might mean before that actually. I think it was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of. I think it was after the transfer window. It was after the transfer window, and I said I wasn't convinced by Cham. I think I give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think he's fully fit. I don't think he played a lot of football last season, and he didn't have a club for preseason this year. And I, I just, I just said, I don't know what he does in a game. I know he's got the highlight reel where he scores a screamer against Luton, and he scores a goal against Peter Brown. I think he scored against Barnsley away, so he's got three goals this year. But apart from that, he does nothing in the game. He does absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, and it, like, I no doubt there's a good player in there. He's a quality player. But he just does nothing for me. And I think the fact that he's got a good song with the fans probably goes in his favour. <laughs> because they, they probably people think he's better than he is. But he does nothing. I mean, I'm expecting a big performance. He's a midfielder. He's supposed to be this dynamic. I've never seen him put a foot into a tackle. I've never seen him slide in and make a tackle. I never see, you never see him tracking back and doing anything like that. He picks up the ball once, maybe drops the shoulder and does something. It looks good. But he just offers nothing for me. And whether it's because he's not fit or whatever the reason is, but he just doesn't do anything for me, especially Saturday. They could have taken him off before half-time because he'd give that ball away in the midfield, which led to that Gibbs-White chance, which he should have scored. And there were other moments in that game where he just he just gets pushed off the ball so easily. Like you said, I, I don't know. That's where I stand with him at the moment. I think I saw someone said he was a luxury player, and I, I, I tend to agree with that at the moment. He's just a... Uh... The reincarnation of Jan Dander. Pretend at the moment. At the moment, like, but, but no doubt there's a quality player now. We've seen glimpses of quality, but at the moment, just not for me. I wouldn't be starting him at all unless he shows anything else. Um, yeah, that's fair. I've seen quite a few people picking up on it in the last couple of weeks. More and more people putting on Twitter that he's been a bit rubbish lately and doesn't really do anything. Even articles getting written about it now because. It's people that maybe know him from wider football and they're saying, oh, yeah, Celtic, he had a problem at Celtic where he was a bit inconsistent, didn't do a lot all of the time. And it seems like it's uh, kind of continuing. It's what the general gist of the articles seems to be. So I think for you to get noticed by the general football uh, news articles and stuff that aren't necessarily Swansea ones, obviously that's not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Hopefully you can offer more for the remaining of the season, but uh, yeah. Like I might not, be being really, um, might, yeah, not, not, not convinced yet by any uh, stretch of the imagination, just not convinced by him at all. But you had to, this may be me being really down on us at the moment because it was such a poor game on Saturday, but you got a question, like obviously he played for Celtic and he comes with this big sort of name and played for Marseille and everything. Like why, why did he come to us and no one else? Like if he was as good as he was. Like, how can we manage to, uh, to bring him in? That is true. Um, yeah, so half-time, and we go in 3-0 down with Gibbs White having a goal and an assist to his name. Yep, right. and, uh, and he makes no changes at half-time. That shocked me, actually. So, how okay. did we start the second half? Just more the same, or did we have a go? Or... I think, like, we kind of pushed on a little bit tried to but we didn't we didn't really offer it was more of the same really i think i think sheffield united came out to just kill the game then because they kind of just 
it looked like it was a bit of a training exercise then. They didn't really exert loads of pressure like they were doing in the first half. Um, they left a bit of space for us to come forward, but not, like we didn't offer anything. I think we had a couple of like shots, which the couple of grass cutters of the keeper just picked up easily. Um, we did, yeah, we just didn't offer anything again, second half at all. Oberfemi came in in the 60th minute for Cham. Yeah. Probably not much he could do at that point. Third, Should have happened at half time. Yeah. Should have happened at half time. But um, yeah, he looked well. Oberfemi looked all right. I mean, but he just didn't get any service at all. I can't remember him really having any service at all in the second half. Surprised he didn't start, to be fair. Felt a bit harsh. He came out. He came out afterwards and said that he had a slight injury, which is why he didn't start him. So why is he fit enough to come off the bench if he has a knock? Well, if he's coming on the 60th minute, that sounds quite planned in that case. He's a, he's a right for 30 minutes, but it happens yeah. quite often, doesn't it, with uh, small yeah, niggly I injuries? I don't know if I want to go with the selection again. That's something I wanted to get on to as well. But um, Yeah, we, we talk, let's talk about the last goal. And then yeah, we'll, we'll get the goals the, out of the way. You know, the yeah. picture. So the last goal, um, I basically looked like half our team was in the box defending, and it falls to Billy Sharp, who can't get a shot away. He just feeds it off to Gibbs White, and he can just pass on the left-hand side of the goal, in the box, but like quite far to the left, and he kind of like just passes it into the corner of the net through like five of our players. I yeah. Don't really know what to say there. I was no one stuck a foot in or got a block in. Again, it's just it's just like the manner of the goal again. They're just one ball into the middle. Billy Sharp's able to hold it up with like four players around him and he just knocks it off to Gibbs White to us. How he scores from there, because if you have the still image, which we looked at, he has like five Swans players in front of him and manages to score. Can I just say, 36-year-old Billy Sharp. Yeah. Still scoring, like still doing starting, a job. He's still starting football games ahead of the likes of Ollie McBurney now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like, just streetwise, great player though. Just like, he was involved in a lot of that on Saturday. Um, he got his goal. He had a couple, he had a couple of assists as well. I think he just, just clever player. Yeah. So there was one other thing to talk about and they should have perhaps scored a fifth goal right at the end of the game where we're still trying to play out from the back. Um, a couple of players to blame here, I think. We often stick up for Grimes, but a little bit of a poor pass by him uh, basically gifts it to... Remind me who it was. Norwood, I think it was. Norwood. Um, was it Norwood? Yeah, I think it was. Okay, Norwood then. Um, who apparently caught a bobble and just blazed it over the bar, but he was basically in one-on-one on the keeper. Um, like, I... Yeah, it was a poor pass by Grimes. That's the bottom line. It was. But I think it goes back further where Cabango's played it to Fisher. Fisher's under pressure from whoever the striker is at the time. McBurney, is it, perhaps? Um, mm. Grimes has got two players on him. As the ball comes to Grimes, one of them, obviously, being Norwood, peels off, anticipating the next pass, which... It's clever play because you know they know everyone knows at this point how we play and how we pass it from the back. But when you stop the still image, like Grimes doesn't really have much options, and yeah, he should do better. But like maybe the the whole process needs to not happen, or in that way anyway. Like Fisher should see the fact that he's under severe pressure there. He's under pressure himself, so the back pass to him's not on. 
you know, where is Grimes's next pass at that point? It was meant to be to Kabango. He could have got that pass away and succeeded in that pass. But if he had done so, Kabango would have been immediately under pressure anyway. And what's the end result? At some point, we probably would have ended up losing the ball. So, yeah. And um, it's not necessarily I'm sitting here saying don't pass out from the back. We looked at the positioning of all of the players, and I should have got a still for the for the podcast, perhaps. But obviously, we said Grimes, Fisher, Cabango is all involved. You've got Burns basically in a right back position, quite close to the touchline. Um, Manning is basically left back, but further up the pitch. And then you've got Christie and um, Latabodia basically on the halfway line. Perot on the halfway line with Patterson essentially, and. Obafemi in an offside position in, in the opposition half and Downs is basically on the edge of the centre circle. So when we're trying to get out of our own half that's obviously part of the reason why it's so difficult because they only need to commit like three or four players to block any of these passes off. No one else was kind of in a position offering themselves and um, it's no surprise to me why it's a constant struggle. I haven't seen the way they were set up there for us to get out. Yeah. And I think it comes back to what you said earlier, where we kind of been found out defensively. Like, how often do you see the the keeper go to Grimes coming deep, and on Grimes's left foot trying to go that side, going back to the, you know, to the yeah. left? If you're like, if we're attacking, he comes back that side, and you could see it in that image. Like he's following Grimes, and as Grimes gets the ball, he peels off because he knows exactly where that ball is going. Because we've seen it so many times, and we've seen it so many times as well, where. If Grimes doesn't get a sweet connection on it, it causes problems, which it did happen then. And he was straight in on goal and he should have scored. I should have been yeah. 5-0. And that's why I said like 5-0 would have been... You couldn't have argued against it. Yeah. It's quite poor, really. Um, poor from Grimes, yes. But poor, I think. He does need a bit more help as well. Yeah, but I we're so... I don't know whether he gets a shout in terms of like what's going on. Obviously, he knew he was on him, and then the guy's peeled off. So, I don't know, the communication for me as well. Like, somebody needs to be calling that before he plays the ball. Yeah. Because even even if it was a good ball, like, he still would have been close to getting it. There's, there's no guarantee he would have, it would have got through. I think he would have, but, like, the, the guy's peeling off for a reason to intercept that pass. And he, he made it easy by, by doing a bad pass, but he could have still intercepted it, even if the pass was yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's good play from Sheffield. They've done their homework, but the problem is, when the homework is that successful, how are we going to change that? Because yeah, exactly. it seems like every team that does their homework well is successful. Yeah, because well, we're going to we're going to come on to this anyway. But I I just think we're I think we're so robotic. Everyone says about oh, we've had 80, 90 percent possession. Great, but if you watch that ninety percent possession, there's no great movement. There's no sort of fluid football, it's out to Grimes, back to the centre half. Nobody moves out of position. You don't see like Patterson and Grimes and Downs and and you know Perot and all these you don't see them move in from their position. It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Nobody comes out of their position. Out to the wing backs, back inside, back out to the wing back the other side. No ball into the middle. It's just so robotic. You could probably you could just watch a tape of us over the last three or four games, and you could probably like script the passes that we do, and that's how easy it is becoming. And I remember um, it was similar to when 
remember Lee Bowyer came out and said last season when Cooper was there, and he said, like, you can just predict how how we're playing. And then after that, he changed it. And you yeah. just need maybe a comment from another manager to just say, like, we know exactly the way. Well, a lot well, of managers have said, a lot of managers have said, like, you know, we know how Swansea are going to play. Stoke but... said it. Um, Blackburn said it, but obviously they kind of got. But the maybe card, the red card it? kind of helped yeah. us. Like, they could have gone on to win it, perhaps, if they didn't have the reds. Who knows? But, um, and he said, didn't he? We didn't set up for them to be in a low block. He actually came out and said, we couldn't break them down because we didn't set up to play against a Swansea team who was just going to sit and defend. That was only caused by the red card. Yeah. But then that shows an example of when we've done a different style, which we're obviously capable of doing. And I mean, to be fair, after the Maduna and Cooper last year, that sort of football. But um, it caught a team off and they struggled. They got a 1 0 and defended it, which I'm not saying I want to do that every week. But if you're under the cosh and you're playing a team that has got far more quality, let's not make a mistake about it. Sheffield United, but you know, they have got Premier League quality players there mixed in in that team. Yeah, they're starting um, to rumble now as well, and they Sheffield United yeah. they have had a bit of fun. You know, they the made a mistake now. at the start of the season, which was a bit weird with their manager choice. The guy that's in charge now, <clears throat> he took over from Wilder at the end of last season. They didn't yep. deem him good enough to lead them in the championship, so offered what's his face? I can't remember now. Yukanovich, um, wasn't it? Yeah, him. He he got the job. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. He was trying to play a similar style of football to what we're doing, by the way. Um, yeah. It didn't work out for him. And now they've gone back to, to the manager that's in charge now, Paul Heckelbottom, Heckenbottom, and offered him like a four or five-year deal as well. So he wasn't good enough in the summer. But halfway through the season when it wasn't working, he's good enough now for a four or five year deal. It's crazy, really. But yeah, he is obviously there is success there at the moment and they actually are now in the playoffs. Um I think they'll I think they'll push on now as well. I think. It looks like West Brom all of a sudden of the team that came down there are struggling. Yeah, he got which... sacked, didn't he? Steve Bruce is in there now, isn't he? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, look. We're playing them next as well, and they are 11, the joint no. most out of form team but in the last five games. Can you honestly say we can go up there and get a result at the moment? Well, this is what my question is. So we've won two in the last five. Um they have one point, one draw. So technically we are in a better form than them, but you don't feel like that, do you? No. No. Not the way we play, away from home especially. No, no. I just, I'm. But you know, they, they, when they've lost four out of the last five, um, they drew nil nil in the other game. You just would like to see your team go in and having a go and feeling like you can get something out of that. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying with the way that we play. I think if we genuinely attack teams and go at them, then we can cause damage. But like I said, when I watch her sometimes, it's so robotic. You can predict where they're going to go. It's so, we're so easy to play against. That's the thing at the moment. We're so easy to do your home, like you said, when teams do their homework on us. We're so easy to play against, I think. And that's becoming yeah. a problem. Yeah. There's no um, there's no sort of pace in the game at the moment either with us. It's never quick flow in football. Yes, we have a lot of possession, but it's just it's so slow and it's so easy to defend. You said about like the comments from Boya mid uh, Cooper change last season. Part of me just feels like 
you know, we're playing this style of football. I just, I feel like we need to play the style of football with a four-three-three, not yeah. wing backs. I agree. Three at the back. I feel like we miss wingers. Like I miss seeing a winger taking a player on. I agree. Because when it goes 100%. forward, you're just in the middle of the pitch and passing and passing gets to the full back. But when you got Joel Latavodia and you're like, yeah, he's not going to do a Montero, is he? Yeah, I agree. Like, where's the excitement there? Where's the like bit of flair that creates an opportunity or a chance? You know, like a... get at players. And I know football goes through trends, doesn't it? Where everyone's going, yeah, that's through these formations say, yeah. like four four two or four three three, and now everyone seems to be doing this five five of the back system. Yeah, where, where does the flick get switched? That it goes to something else. All of a sudden, something else starts working again. Surely well... we can try that. They, well, this is it. Well, this is, we've said this before. We were kind of ahead of the curve before when we started playing this football, sort of in League One and then up into the Championship and then up into um, up into the Premier League. We were kind of ahead of the curve where we sort of picked up on this style of play under Martinez and then it grew from there. Um, and we had a lot of success with it. With it. Um, now, like you said, a lot of teams are playing with a, with a back three, with wing backs. But what I will say is how many teams nowadays outside of man city and barcelona play with like 80 percent possession and i just well the fact I think, that we are like third in europe or something says yeah not many. Well, yeah but exactly but i like but we're kind of not seeing that football as much now with teams you, you know used to say before everyone's looking for a manager who can play football who can play good football good football you don't see it a lot now i don't think I could be wrong. People could point out. I don't even think like play. Brendan Rogers does it that much at Leicester, does he? No, but it's like this, like ticky tack of football. That kind of era of football's kind of moved on a bit, and we yeah. haven't. We've always, oh, we need it's to kind play the Swansea more, way. We like Liverpool don't even really play. No, but Liverpool are direct. They've got, yeah, they've got I mean. so much pace. They play direct, which is which is great to watch. Um, they've got the front three, which is so they've got so much pace in the team, um, and their wing backs with. Um, Alexander Arnold and Robertson, they got so much pace and they just play direct. As soon as they turn that ball over, they get in behind. They make unbelievable runs and movement up front, and that's what they get in behind. But we're kind. I, I get the feeling that we're trying to mesh two together, where you've got the wing backs and trying to play this style of football, and I don't think yeah. it works. It comes back to what I was saying in the summer, though, and I got stick for it on social media that. People just need to get over the fantasy of the Swansea way. Oh, I think. It's done. I think it's done. Like I'm everyone sorry. called for it because they were bored of Steve Cooper's style of play. But now look at the situation. I'm not, like I said, I am still back in Russell Martin. But I did say at the time before he was brought in specifically that do we really want to sacrifice Cooper, who was successful, um, or bring someone in, change the style of play? Because it could not work. Right now, it's not worked. It's not saying it's not going to work. It hasn't worked yet, right? We're not in a situation where we can say it's been successful right now yet. Yes, we're in transition, but it's not been successful yet. And people are raging and can't take it and hate losing and worried that we're going to be fighting relegation whether this season or next season. And, you know, there's panic everywhere all of a sudden. And it all comes down to, like, this living in the dream world of the Swansea way that God has promoted. Yeah, it did, and it's done really well for us, but we're not there anymore. That's not... Yeah, but the, the game, the game is not there. The the football has moved on. It's not just we need to move on. The whole game we, has moved on. We need to put that chapter and close the book on it, and that was a good period for us. Now we're in a new era where we need to do something else, and we need to be successful 
another way and make yeah, it I work. Think, I think and, you're right. And this may maybe this can work again. But if you want to persist with it, you're gonna have to have more patience because you all asked for it in the summer. You all wanted this in the summer. If Cooper was still here right now, like I don't know how much of the stick the fans gave had any sort of impact on what happened in the end. I feel like to an extent something there might have been some involvement because you know the the hierarchy at the club has gone like okay yeah we are going to go and get someone in to play passing football so i feel like to some extent there's been some some sort of um you know communication or they've taken on board what people want and that's fine but like would it have was it that bad really last season yeah, I know after February it got a bit worse, but we didn't have the backing we needed in January. We didn't have a striker last year. There's reasons for it, well, why he did struggle towards the end. There is reasons. And you could visibly see he was annoyed at that. And that's probably is why he ended up leaving. But, yeah, I don't know. I well, just think... Was it, was it worse than it is now? Well, well, it wasn't because we finished like, in the playoffs. So it really, you know, factually, um, it was not worse. I don't know. I, I know, like... I think it was time to move on from that anyway, and we draw the line under that as well with Cooper. But yeah, I'm not um, saying like keep Cooper, but I just mean no. Like, I I, I know did you mean. need to fall out with Cooper's style so much that we've like gone a complete different direction, and now we're not happy with that either. No, I think no. You're right. We come. It, it comes. It comes back down to the style of football, where I think it needs, like you said, you're spot on. It needs to be a four-three-three because I think he's trying to play this five at the back or three at the back with the wing backs to match probably obviously the trend at the moment whilst trying to play this possession football and I don't think it goes together. Yeah, only Man, Man City can do it, but they kind of don't really stick to their formation. So No, they, they move. They they have great movement as the as Liverpool do with the way that they play. But we but they are we just top of the Premier have... League and that's expected and that's not a comparison. But it's very difficult to Ask. Yeah, but I mean, like, if there's a reason if, these players are not in those teams, you know, I know that I'm not comparing us to Man City, but I no, mean, if no, you I'm just play... saying that's that's the compare. That's you yeah. want to play that way, but you're doing it with worse players. So, what compromise are you making? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, you know, are they like easier still backing him to do well? I think I do still think that he does need more players that suit the style. Don't fully think maybe he's had enough time to do that. I'm not even going to say back in because we have made it. We have maybe they're not right. Or well, you know, he brought players in that he wanted. I think it's not fair to say that he didn't. He has brought a few players in since he's been here, but the whole squad needed a transition to play the way that he wants to play. That's the bottom line, especially certain areas like the defense. And it doesn't happen in two transfer windows in the same season. It just doesn't happen. Um, so if you want to persist with this style of play and, and like right we brought Russell Martin in to play this football you have to give him time that's the bottom line and you have to go through the rough patch to get to the other side now there's no guarantee you're going to get there but you can't just cut it short because the first bit was hard that's that's the yeah. way it is if you asked for this no, you've, I, got to, you've got to be patient with it I agree with you like I'm not I'm not there obviously not saying that he needs to go or anything like that but we're in a funny position again now where you've got, you know, you've got your, oh, yeah, trust the process, wait and see what happens, which is fair enough. And then you've got people the other side of the coin who are like Martin out as well, which is ridiculous. But then you can't fall either way. Like if, if I say now, like, 
you know, Martin has made mistakes. There's no, there's no two ways about it. He's not beyond criticism. No. Um, but you can't say that because then he's like, oh, it's ridiculous. Trust the process. Trust nah, the process. He has. He's definitely okay. made mistakes. But let's, but let's let, let, let's peel that back a bit. Okay, so I think, I think he's a good manager. I'm happy we got him. I think, obviously, give him time. He needs back, and he needs, he needs the time to bring in the players that he wants and bring in. But I just, I have, I have questions because I think his selection is wrong a lot of the time. I think, um, I think his selection is wrong. I think he approaches some games wrong. Like Saturday, when you play in a form team away I from home, every, which is potentially every approach is the same though. That that's that's a problem. Yeah, that's itself. what I mean. Every approach is the same to every game, but every game is not the same. And so he's actually got... said that in a press conference that we play our way, we don't work out what the team, we don't work out how to stop a team, we work out how we are going to play better. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah, well, that's that's wrong because. You know, we don't work out how to stop a team. They scored four against us on Saturday. Should have been six. Stoke, we don't work out how to stop a team. They scored three against us. They were comfortable against us. It was a training game. You know, well, that's where he's going wrong. You can't be that. You can't be that stubborn. You know, unless you're, you know, Pep Guardiola or something. Or we play this way and it works against everyone. Because you know, he only managed MK Dons for a short yeah. period. So this is what I was going to say, though. He's still a young manager, and that and like and he's gonna be making mistakes and learning his trade, right? So yeah, of course he is. With us taking him in, that's a risk we decided to take. And as Swansea hierarchy management, I feel like that's kind of why again you've got to give him that more time. But yeah, also the bigger picture, how many of these young managers have we got in over time? You could say Graham Potter, yeah, he was, and it was a risk, but he did have a lot of years to like refine his style and trade at uh a team that perhaps there was no eyeballs on you, no one's really calling your mistakes out. You can learn you're there, make the mistakes, rectify them, no pressure. Now then he came to us and and obviously progressed, and now he's looking at potentially being linked to Man United, for example. You got Steve Cooper, we took a chance on him. He had the background in English football, but in first team management, yeah, you know, he didn't have much and it worked for us. To be fair. You can go back longer, you can go Roberto Martinez, you can go Brendan Rogers. They were all quite young in the same situations. There was always going to be one that doesn't work out quite as well. Oh, I, I said this. I'm not I'm not saying this is Russell Martin, by the way. I'm just saying no. Um with the way that we do transfer business, and I've said this before, and I know you might disagree with me sometimes, but I think that our squad, since coming down especially, well, even before that, which led to us getting relegated, our squad gets chipped away at somehow in every transfer window where I think we're always worse off maybe not in each window but maybe a collection of the window from you know August to the January window as well um, but we've been very lucky in the managers that we've appointed that's one thing that you've got to credit the club for is the management appointments all of them you know apart from maybe one or two along the way I think all of them have been pretty spot on especially with Porter and Cooper with what he did um, I like that we take a chance on young managers rather than appointing, you know, the Steve Bruce's and the Alan Pardews and all that. But we have always been, I think, one bad manager away from a downfall because we're always asking managers to, you know, be above their station. Like we're always that, oh, he's doing so well with the squad he's got, with the resources he's got. There's no expectation 
that's like, oh, you know, we've got a really good squad. They should be going somewhere. It's always, oh, he's done really well with the um, with the players that he's got. He's doing really well with what he's got. Um, it was always going to come to a point where a manager doesn't do well with what the players he's got. And I'm not saying that's Russell Martin because you've got to give him the time. Um, but I think we've always been one one away from being stuck. I, think. I got a question as well, though. So we're saying Cooper overachieved with the players, yeah. And this is why they get taken away to Premier League clubs yeah. because are we, are we you saying, recognize what they're doing. Are we saying Cooper overachieved with the players? I think so. Where did he finish last season? Season was it fourth or fifth? Yeah, something like that. One of them, um, or third. I can't remember. It's somewhere in the playoffs. Playoffs, yeah, sixth. Minimum sixth, or sixth the year before, definitely. Um, okay, and now we've now we're saying that Russell Martin's not doing enough. Well, no, I think no, no, I just think, the general yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah so yeah. people, as a general theme, said Cooper overachieved, and now people are saying Martin's not doing enough. So what's that? Sixth down to seventeenth. So where where are we then? Where is the where are the players supposed to be? Well, we put mid table, didn't we? That's what yeah, I think. We put fourteenth, which is three player three I places think. above where we are. And I think that's where we are. And that's what I think Martin is doing as a young manager and with the players that he's got. And obviously, we've got to give him time. I think where we are where we should be with the squad that we've got. So he's yeah. not really doing anything special and he's not really doing anything tragically bad. Um, I think he's just somewhere in the middle and we're probably where we should be with the squad that we've got. Yeah, and that's why well, I'm just asking that question because of everyone yeah, no, shouting on question. social media saying, "Well, Cooper overachieved with the players at the time. You know, we're doing so well. We overachieved with the players that he's got. He hasn't had the back in. Now it's like Martin's not doing enough. He's not playing well enough. We're not doing well enough. Well, where is well enough with the players we got? If that's too good, we're overachieving, and this is underachieving. There's not much in between. Yeah, no, it's only ten right. positions. It's not like it's, you know what I mean." Um, yeah. where you're saying that we should be 12th all the time with the players that we got, but I just, the narrative, it's obviously what it is, is you lose games, you're frustrated and stuff, and it comes out, you win in games, and you're like, oh yeah, he's doing well, you know, it's different emotions, but obviously it's always good to think about it in a rational way. Where, yeah, um, and I think, as a on a whole, where I stand with it is that, like I said, I don't think he's, and I mean this in a general sort of term across the season, I don't think he's over or underachieving, but I've seen enough things that make me what concerned, um, especially with the manner of the defeat and his stubbornness to play players in the wrong position and and the way he sets up to play rather than sort of you know adjusting it. He never adjusts his style. If we go one nil down, it's game over. He Usually. doesn't adapt. He doesn't. He we doesn't did come back from one nil against Bristol. Yeah, but you know, it's a one-off, isn't it? You're talking about an away game, especially. As well. If we go one-nil down, it's usually game over, isn't it? He doesn't adapt well. He does. I think, like his selection again. I don't. If Oberfemi had an injury, fair enough. But he should have been starting because he was the best player on the pitch against Bristol City by a mile. And I think maybe Perot's goal at the end on the break as a consolation got him in, because I think Perot's been poor for a long time. And that might be harsh, but I think he hasn't done anything. There's, there's, a, there's someone who sits next to me in the Swans, actually. And we said about Pro, we said, he doesn't seem to do a lot in a game. He doesn't seem to do loads in a game, but he scores goals. And I said, well, you know, you don't care. If your striker scores two goals in a game and you don't see him apart from that, that's perfect. But now that the goals are dried up, he doesn't do anything. 
Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the service he gets, so that's quite harsh. Maybe he doesn't, doesn't get, get the, the service. ball much, does he? And it's obviously Patterson was out for a long time and they had a good connection. So there's other factors at work. Yeah. But you only had 29 touches and 18 attempted passes. But I but that's what I'm saying. Like it's not working. Change it. If if Perot's having 29 touches, change something. Your striker who's got 14 goals this year, which is fantastic, by the way, because he's been brilliant, you know, for a lot for a lot of the season. Change something. Play Oberfemi up front on his own one game. If he keeps saying, oh, wait, and he says it all the time now, oh, wait until, wait until you see us next season, wait until you see us next season. But what are we, what are we waiting for? Play Oberfemi up front on his own and play Perot as a 10. Play and Cham as a 10 instead of a wide. Play, you know, Manning, on the, Manning at wing back and Latibodier in. Like, what is he waiting for? That's what yeah, I don't get. Well, I think he's waiting to get rid of half the players from his comments this week. Yeah, so what are we going to do at the end of the season? <clears throat> Just play the same team every week bar injuries and get stuffed. Half the time, and get a good win now and then. I think the bottom line is, bar Corey Smith and Michael Oberfemi on the bench, he doesn't want anyone else. That's there. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Kyle Joseph. I mean, he's probably not gonna. I don't think. But again, this is this is what I was getting at as well. Is like you started me off a little bit now, but um, comes back to the like you said, if you were. If he's saying wait till next season, so the building starts now, and I, I will give him the credit that he didn't have the preseason. He come in very late, and that does that was hard for him. So I'll give him that as well. Um, so why aren't we building now, ready for next season? So I'm looking at players like I don't know. He let Cullen and Whitaker and Brandon Cooper go on loan. Couldn't we have kept one of them to play in the squad? Like why did we need to? And I, no doubt Finley Burns is a good player. But I say this about like Brandon Cooper. Why couldn't we play him? Why are we playing Man City youngsters instead of our own? Yeah, I get it and, if he's better, but then at the same time, I don't get the fact that we're not even playing all centre backs and centre back roles. Like put Man in on the wing and play Cooper there. And Burns. Yeah. If, if that's if the way he's going to play, if he's persistent with the way that he's going to play with the three and the, the two wing backs, why not give Brandon Cooper game time right now and give him half a season in the championship? And get him game ready, ready for next season, rather than send him out on loan and then bring in a Man City youngster on loan to give him game time. I that's another one I, I don't understand. And then, you know, again, I, I, I still think we, we didn't need a goalkeeper in the January window. So Hamer out of contract, yeah, Dan out of contract, Bennett, you think he's finished, Fulton definitely wants to get rid of him. Um I don't think Latabodia's got a future, to be honest, because He's just there until they get a proper left back in, yeah? And then he's not having a place in the team. So we're not even left, but Wolf Wolf and Burns goes back to whatever. Yeah, we've got a couple of returning loans ourselves, but barely left with a first 11. So he's saying summer overhaul. It's basically replacing everyone that's on the bench. Some of the first teamers in the ben- in the starting at the eleven perhaps go to the bench as these new players come in, but yeah, it's, uh, I feel like it's going to be another turbulent summer from the comments made. But um, I don't think we're all going to be happy with some of the decisions made. Is that going to happen though? Is oh, Christie as well, Cr- Christie as well, because we don't have a right back. I, I think I don't know if I don't know if we will have a whole So all those players you mentioned leave. Are we going to spend money to bring players in? Well, where are we going to get them from otherwise? Well, I just I don't think we're going to spend money. There's not going to be an injection of cash. Well, they did in the spend summer. money in the summer just gone. They did spend. They spent a lot more than most clubs in a championship. 
It didn't in January, but they did in the summer. And we didn't have parachutes. So to be fair, they did put money in, but like they sold low on Conroy. Yeah, but it was it was one in, one out, wasn't it? I mean, what went in our favour this year was that IU left on high wages, which freed up a lot of money. Yeah. So that was that that no no other well, club in the championship was, had an IU. Yeah, but that that was all parachute money as well, really. That was keeping IU here. Yeah, but I mean that was a that was a big free up. That was a massive free up because he was on ridiculous wages for the championship. Yeah. Um, but you know, because Downs cost a couple of million million, didn't he? And so did Perot. Um, yeah. Cham was free. Patterson's free. Who else come in? Can't even uh, remember. In the point. summer, I'm not Oba sure. He was, he was a couple of million as well. So it was a little bit more than one. Like the two strikers that we signed, we didn't get rid of a striker for him. But we needed to get strikers in. Yeah, well, we got rid, we had to get rid of Lowe, didn't we? We got rid of Lowe, we got rid of Conor Roberts. Yeah, I don't think we had to, though, did he? He wanted to go in the end. Um, but Yeah, I know, but I mean... Probably wouldn't have had Oberfemi if Lowe didn't go. That's probably a fair point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying, like, we, you know, we got rid of Lowe and IU to bring in, like, Say Patson and Pro, um, and Oberfemi and Cham. Yeah, but then Connor Roberts left as well. Yeah, we didn't really replace him. Well, we got led on loan, didn't we? And don't forget, we had like him. we had like three million, was it for those two? Four million, maybe for Low and Connor Roberts. It was yeah, quite low, which, which isn't that much. But that probably covered the players we brought in, because I think like Down was only like one million, was he? And Perot was one point four, perhaps. I think. And yeah, Pro so was like 1.9. most of that. Most of that probably um, covered. Kyle that. Joseph was like eight hundred k, and Oberfemi was like two, and he yeah. So I'm we not did sure. spend not sure. a little bit more. We did spend a little bit, but the, I, I'm that, just I'm just saying I was surprised how much we did spend last time. I'm not saying it was loads, but I didn't think yeah, we would have that much did. anyway. So I'm sure Russell Martin is talking about assurances he's had. Whether that happens or not, we'll have that conversation after yeah. it does. And that's what happen. I'm saying is like, is that. Are we going to spend to think, replace these yeah, players? I think everyone's skeptical of it. We'll believe it when we see it. Um, and yeah, and maybe this the overhaul. This is I saw an article about like all these two hundred championship players that are out of contract in the summer. So perhaps they're literally scrolling through our list right now and uh, on the phones yeah. to the agents and the rest. Yeah, of yeah. Well, there we go. But well, yeah. Just yeah. Well, I'll just say I'm not Martin out. Um, but I have the jury is definitely still out. I There's issues that need to be rectified that he's very yeah. reluctant to seem to do it. And I'm happy that is a problem. The chance to do it because I have no doubt that he, you know, you can see on some some occasions this season, it's been there. We could see like it's going to work. Yeah. Um, so he does need the chance. I'm not nowhere near saying he needs to go or anything, but I'm just I we just you know leveled fair criticism against him. I think. Yeah. Um. Is number two left as well? How much of an impact is that going to be? Because apparently, if you speak to MK oh, Dons system, fans yeah. anyway, who perhaps are a bit biased or you know have a little bit of bitterness with him leaving, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're right, and they say that this what was his name, Luke. Um, my namesake. Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry, Luke Williams. He's called Luke it? something. Yeah, Luke Williams. That sounds familiar. Um, but. He, by all accounts, according to the MK Dons fans, is the brains behind Russell Martin's system. Um, and now he's gone. The game after he's gone, we get thumped 4-0. Uh, maybe, there's, maybe there's something there, maybe there isn't. By all accounts, he left because of family reasons. You know, he's got a young family, didn't want to be away from them, he was struggling. They didn't want to move. Um, 
sometimes that's a cover-up, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's true. We'll see. Yeah. But who's going to come in? I don't know. Are you Daniel Rangel on the grapevine? But I don't know if that was just people being sentimental. I take that. Yeah, but that, again, that's that's the thing. That's sentimental. Oh, the Swansea way again. Let's bring Rangel back. Surprised it wasn't Alan Curtis. <laughs> Let's bring Rangel back and uh, and all of them. Give it to Curtis to the end of the season. <laughs> Give it to Curtis to the end of the season, yeah. That's usually the way forward, isn't it? Yeah, well, Norton would be crying because he aches in, didn't he? <laughs> Oh God! Um, what a mess. Speaking of Alan Curtis, we'll move on because we are we have reached an hour, and there's a couple of things we didn't touch on yet. We'll go through them quite quick. But Alan Curtis did pick up this week uh, MBA MBA MBE, MBE for his yeah. services to Welsh football. So congratulations, Alan yeah. Curtis, for the hard work and impact on the Welsh game. Fair play. Sixty-seven years old. Good effort, fair play to him. 35 appearances for Wales between 1976 and 1987. And I don't know how many goals he scored. I haven't got that information, sorry. <laughs> but um, that's a long time to only have 35 games, but I guess that's the difference between modern day. It's and... the amount of games they play internationally now, isn't it? Yeah. Qualifiers and friendlies. and Yeah. The world is different now. Uh, the other news we have, Bournemouth game, which obviously should have been right now. Probably not right now as you're watching or listening, but as we're recording, we should be watching Swans. Um, there has been a new date announced, and that is the 26th of April, 7.45 kickoff. Lovely. Tuesday. Wonder if Sky will pick it up. Maybe. Towards the end of the season, especially if Bournemouth are maybe pushing for a title or promotion. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm still not really sure the reasons why, what damage was done to... Um, make that a necessity but uh i think the damage was done on saturday and our defense is why the game was called off harsh or maybe not harsh <laughs> true yeah I, I was genuinely a bit concerned about that game but maybe we'd be in a better place when the rearranged game is uh comes around probably ethan led would have started his first game and scored a goal guaranteed and low um and the last thing i've got is manchester city defender Finley Burns. Apparently, we have an uh, an option for an extension similar to the deal we had for Mark Ehi, where we had him in January for six months and then we could extend him for a year. So um, it seems like we have that option. So I guess going back to what you said about loaning out Brandon Cooper and keeping Burns, maybe this had something to do with it if we, if he's here for a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And and would you would, would you have been saying the same thing had we brought in Ehi? knowing what happened with him. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know like who if he do was we that have good, at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. if what I'm saying is like right now, if this was Gihi we had loaned in and then let Cooper go, would you have been asking the same question? Well no, but that's that's different now that he's got a year extension as yeah, like, I know you yeah, yeah, I know you know and yeah, I know you yeah. know obviously how, how Gihi turned out as well, but it could be it could be that good. We don't know. Yeah, no, if he's got a year extension, because my, my point was build into next season. So obviously if yeah. he's gonna be here next year as well, then it makes sense that he comes in now and plays. That's what I was saying about Brandon Cooper. Like if he was gonna come back, maybe he won't come back next year. Maybe the loan was you know, he's not gonna play. No, for I us think next year. I think he might. I think part of the problem is Bennett is on such high wages that maybe you can't really not yeah. use him. Yeah, I think and so. And if he gets yeah. rid of Bennett in the summer, that might opt have yeah. the opportunity then for someone like yeah. Cooper. 
But that makes sense. If he's got an 18-month loan deal, then and he's playing him now, that makes sense to build for next season. That that makes sense. Yeah. And I think uh, Cooper is getting game time on his loan move as well. So that's good. Um, next game then. So build up to, we already mentioned West Brom. Uh, looking forward to that one. Well, look, I don't want to be too, I don't be too harsh all the time because it's not, you know, I, I don't think it's that bad. But I, at the moment, with our away form especially, and the way we defend, I can only see us losing that game. Um, obviously, West Brom, obviously on a bit of a downward slope lately, but new managers in, I'm sure he'll get them ticking at some point. He'll be solid under Steve Bruce, won't they? I've got a stat. They haven't scored a goal in the last five games. However, when did Steve Bruce get like hired? Oh, I'm not sure. It was a couple of weeks ago. I think he's been in for a bit. Okay, well, they're winning at the moment against Middlesbrough. There we go. So, the 30 minutes into the game, I know the result will be out by the time we have people listening, uh, but they're currently 1-0 up, so maybe... Oh, I don't know. Is that a good thing for us or a bad thing for us? Who knows? Maybe it wouldn't make any difference. I think it's going to make a difference, yeah. Uh, Neil Taylor has played in this game, actually, starting on the left. Yeah, he's had a couple of games for Middlesbrough now. wonder if that would have been uh, something we could have used free transfer. It could have been. We're, def- we're desperate for those type of players, like wing-backs. You know, Manning wing-back wing back and well. Neil Taylor in the back three, maybe, or the well, other way Taylor's around. playing on the wing-back here, so probably would have been Manning back three, Taylor wing-back. Be happy with that. But we'll have Kyle Bartley to contend with. Um... Oh, yeah. He's due. Perhaps, yeah, maybe we'll see. Well, do you want to make a suggestion of a team of what you would like to play? West Brom away. The thing is, when you play away from home, I think you can only go one up front. I don't think we can go that attacking. Um, but then again, it doesn't seem to change. Like we said, it doesn't seem to change his playing style. I would like to see Obafemi play up front on his own. I think he deserves it. Rather than pro, and I think, like, I'm not saying like get rid of pro, he's a class player, but I think he needs that shake up as well where he plays every game. And I don't think he's necessarily been playing that well recently. Um, great finish against Bristol City, but that was like the end of the game, wasn't it? On the counter attack, good night, um, yeah, it was given all. Like I said, he's got that in his locker, he's great, great finish, but I don't think he's played that well overall in the last sort of three months. So I would like, and I think Obafemi's come on leaps and bounds. I think he was the best player on the pitch against Bristol City. Um, I just like, I think he deserves a start. I think he deserves a start. Um, so that's what I'd like to see. Other than that, unless Norton is fit again, I just don't think we have any. We don't have many options. Well, we've got a bit of time for me, so perhaps Norton will recover. But that's another fact as well. Like we need to replace Norton because you know he can't be far off retirement. And is he we're literally three or thirty-four, I think. But we're literally begging for him to play because we can't play out from the back unless he's in the middle. Yeah, well, we sold all our good centre backs doing that, didn't we? Joe Rodon. Yep. Van der Horn, perhaps. Can you imagine we had a back three now and it was like Rodon, Goehi, Van der Horn, and maybe Van der Horn, yeah, back three. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Well, we did have that. No, no, we didn't. Did we? Was I think Ruben Van der Horn he joined. Van der Horn was. Van der Horn and Rodan played together, definitely. Yeah, and then Van der Horn played with Gihi. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know, maybe like yeah, because he was Van Uri Cooper's leaving... first season, yeah. and then he went on a free. Yeah, Rodon. Um, yeah. Rodon was here. Where he came in the January, didn't he? So they would have been there at the same time for six months. Yeah. Imagine that now. Back three. Were they the back three in that Hull game? No, Kabango was involved in that. You know, the Hull, the, his oh, first like game, the... 5 4. Yeah, mental game. Imagine that. Connor Roberts on one wing back, maybe Manning on the other yeah. side. What are we doing? The best championship team since we come down. Martin Olsen on the left, is it? Oh, that'd be a good, that'd be a good one to do. Best team yeah. since we come down. Maybe we could do that. In the Martin next Olsen one. on the left, is it? Um... I don't know, son. Leroy I'd give it a bid well on the left. I think I think he's been good for us since we come down. I yeah, maybe, but I still think Martin Olsen in this system would be better. Oh, yeah, he'd be class now. Yeah, bombing down our wing. Those are the players that we need. Maybe, yeah, Fur in the middle. Fur and... McBurney, Dan James. Fur and Grimes would probably be, wouldn't they? And then... Um, well, are we doing five, are we? So I guess there would be... Oh, I don't know. We'll go 4-3-3. Three, three. <laughs> I'd rather. It's difficult because we got a couple of good, like Montero was even lurking about under Potter, wasn't he? And Narsing, not saying I've put Narsing in, it's just funny that he was there. Yeah, Montero was floating around. Carol Boney was, even was floating, floating around. around. <laughs> yeah, well, for Boney, he was floating around. Uh, There's a couple of them, wasn't there? Borgia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus, we got some, we got yeah, some he players. Scored, like eight goals, season. like last season, yeah, wasn't he, it? Last he started season. that season like a train, didn't he? Yeah, it was last season. Yeah, yeah. Eight k a week. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't uh, yeah. no, it wasn't last year. I can't even remember. COVID. Is no, like it wasn't skewed my memory. No, it's the first Cuba year, first year. Yeah, it was the season we like snuck in at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was that year. So it was not last. And, and it was weird because he went to Aston Villa then in January. Yeah, yeah. It was in dodgy. the prem for like, and he played. Yeah, that was that was that was interesting. That was a dodgy signing. Yeah, there's been there's been a couple of players we still had, like from the Prem, that were just knocking about in here. They're nearly all gone. Fulton will be the next one. And then it's literally like Grimes and Norton. Yeah. That's it then. Is that it? That is it, isn't it? That's literally I think it. so. Sad. Because Routledge retired, so. Yeah. Well, there we are. Swansea Way is officially over when when, when they both go, right? Yeah, hopefully. On that note, perhaps we should um, end end up because it's been uh, we've gone a bit off topic now. I'm sure we can. Yeah, we can do a full video on our best championship team since we got relegated. Yeah, that would be a good one, perhaps for the summer. When yeah, no football. keep that one. Or maybe in. when 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 the losses get so bad that we can't talk about it. We ever just stop talking about the football altogether and just yeah. start reflecting on old times. Yeah. Well, on in that note, then let us know what you think the problems are with our player at the moment. How do we turn it around? Is it Martin? Does he need to go? And who would come in if that is the case? Or does he need more time? Uh, leave a like on the video as well. It helps us grow as a channel. Trying to hit 500, so really appreciate if you can help us get there. And click the big red subscribe button as well to help us do so. And on that note, thanks for joining me, Lee. And we shall see you in the next one. No worries. See you soon. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. 
That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.